I like crooked Hillary. Thought-provoking, funny, but mostly just entertaining. With nearly 100 years of combined life experience, prepare to listen in on excitement, intrigue, absurdity. This is The David Allen Show. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Well, it's not quite Saturday. We're late this week. Uh, this is the David Allen Show, episode. Oh man, it's just forty-nine, I think. Episode forty-nine. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the other half of this show that's normally here um, is a quitter, coward, something baby. Ill. Decided, oh, ill. That's it. Decided he uh, just. Would, uh, yeah, wasn't here. So, um, unfortunately, David's not here. But, but. Back by popular demand, <laughs> Jay is with us. Uh, how's it going? Ah, it's fantastic. Happy February. Not Saturday, and I gotta say, I love the Gladiator clip. Love it. <laughs> Are you not entertained? I need to. I haven't watched. I, I need to go watch. I've got to watch that again. Yeah, I need to. One of the few movies that I can watch over and over. Yeah, good yeah, movie. That is a good one. Uh, are you a football fan? Uh, semi. What do you think of the Super Bowl? I didn't watch it. What? Didn't watch it at all. Are you kidding? Uh, nope. Nope, nope. I that was one of those things. I I had this last football season. I'll say I generally will watch the majority. Nah, I'll generally watch all Vikings games. I'll pick up a few Packer games, watch a few here and there in between. Not a massive. I don't keep track of stats. Usually, we'll watch some playoffs. Always watch the Super Bowl. This last year, I had so much personal stuff going on that I think I probably only watched about half of the Vikings games and I watched nothing else. I just, it just, I, I couldn't, couldn't do it. So. Well, it, it, it was fun just to see a comeback that big. I was going to say, based off that of what I cool. read, I wish I would have watched it uh, just because that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you can say what you like about the guy. I think he kind of whines a little bit more than normal. He seems to be a little bit of a prima donna. However, Brady, yeah. Oh. However, I thought you were talking about Trump for a minute. Pretty, <laughs> tomato, tomato. No, but uh, what I mean, that's you got. You have to, you have to give credit to where talent mm-hmm. is, and mm-hmm. he can act however he wants to act. The bottom line is he's amazingly talented in that field, and he's got the team around him to be able to pull it off. Well, that was insane. Did you happen to catch, like, go back and watch the halftime show by no. chance? Nothing? No? I, no, no, no. When when I found out that it was Lady Gaga, I was like, I'm intentionally not going to watch the halftime show. I, I was skeptical. I expected some huge political yeah. move. I heard yeah. that didn't exist. But. Right. And that that's why I was very pleasantly surprised because it turned out to be a well-produced show that wasn't overtly irritating you know i saw i was flipping through channels probably almost a month ago and uh my wife and i stumbled across uh frank sinatra i think it was a frank sinatra like tribute Mm -hmm. of course michael buble was there but lady gaga was doing a song yeah for him i was impressed i was like she's actually actually got like real talented classical singing ability 
And, you know, she doesn't keep herself looking quite as much like the freak she used to be. The But <laughs> I, I like, I don't really care for her standard pop music. Right. But she's got some musical talent. Mm-hmm. You know, you there's some people that are just, they sell records just because they've got the, they're weird. And people yeah. pick up on the weirdness or they're, you know, they're short-term musician hacks that, that follow the pop culture. Yeah. But yeah, she's got some pipes. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. was born that way this lady gaga born this way uh it was kind of interesting she i think she did change a line in this song um gay straight trans whatever you were born this way so she'd slip that in because i don't think that's part of the song i wouldn't know but it is now i wouldn't know you know it's interesting i uh i'm not catholic and have never followed that mm-hmm. religion at all but apparently, she's very well known for being a very devout Catholic. Really? Like, actually has Practicing? her staff around her pray before they go on stage. Wow. She's very outspoken about being a practicing mm-hmm. Catholic. So, hmm. I, I don't know anything about her personal life, really. I don't follow her. Oh. I couldn't tell you anything. But I read recently that she kind of went back and forth online. I think it was Twitter. I think it was on Twitter with a blogger. Because she's very adamant about the fact that she is a practicing Catholic. Wow. It means a lot to her. So, I don't know. She oh. was born that way. I, but, hey, hey. I don't have my bell. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was just, it was really an entertaining show. And, of course, the, the technical producer brain that I try to have. Um, as soon as the halftime ended, I started a clock. Because I knew, or as soon as the first half ended. I started my timer because I knew they had so many minutes to get that stage set up and ready to roll. Nine minutes. How many times do you think they practice rolling that thing out? And and how many engineers? Multiple. How many engineers do they hire to put everything together so that it's mobile, so that it's all plug and play and click? And, yeah, and, and this one goes here. And right. Every time it can't go here, it has to go here. To make that... That kind of stuff always work. Me. Oh, yeah. that, that kind of stuff is just well, and then the entire crowd on the field had wireless DMX controlled lights, so they all changed color together at the right time. They matched everything, so that's nuts. And to get that kind of situation together, that's pretty crazy. Uh, I found if I can go grab it here. 
it might be it might be lost, but um I had the breakdown of <laughs> well, course, what's the Super Bowl halftime is longer down. than regular. Is it 30? Yeah. Or um, 20? Oh, no. It's at least 30 because there was nine minutes of. Because um, a regular halftime's. It's 20 minutes, I believe. 15 or 20. I thought it was 15, but well, like maybe it's college. 20. Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I think they give them a little more for But I know they give the them more for Super Bowl. Right. I think it's half hour because she had 13 minutes on stage. Like okay. It was like 13 minutes and six seconds is what I, of course, clocked there. Uh, but I found the rundown of the light rig they had and the schematics of that thing. And it's insane. Like what they had to put together to make that, that show go. So who pays, does Gaga pay for that? Or does I think the NFL might. Okay. Just curious. Not that it matters, but I, I heard that she doesn't, that the artists don't get paid to perform that show. It's the largest audience in the world, pretty much. And so they, I, I, I guess they don't get paid. They just, you know, the production's all. So it's paid probably for. more the bragging rights, the honor. I the, think so. You know, yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm being asked to do this in front of mm-hmm. how many millions? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's the super? What's the what's the capacity? Is it eighty thousand in that stadium? The Houston, it's got to be at least, yeah. Well, what's the U.S. Bank now? One twenty, one hundred? No, is it that big? That much? Well, I thought it was a hundred. I thought new stadium standards had to be built to a hundred now. Maybe, possibly. Let let me Google web it. Look that up. Um, Because next year, in 2018, the the bowl that's super is in Minneapolis. Yeah, it's going to be the only time that Minneapolis gets to go. (laughs) They have VIP seating. It's fine. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah, well, the state's going to pay for it. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah, you bet they are. Did you hear about that? Minnesota? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so... That's a uh, hundred. Uh, let's see. AT and T Stadium is a hundred thousand. U.S. Bank is only sixty six thousand, sixty seven thousand. Well, AT and T. That's Dallas. That's the Cowboys Stadium. Lambo is bigger at eighty one thousand. I thought for some reason that new seats, new stadiums had to be. Well, anyway, I'm wrong. Okay. So, um, oh, hey, okay. new new newsflash, everybody. <laughs> hey, I'm wrong. Yeah. Whoa. Send that to my hey, wife. What? <laughs> Run. See. <laughs> I, I uh, okay. So this is an interesting news story. So in the great state of Minnesota, mm-hmm. great they they uh, the governor appointed or appoints a uh, sports. I'm going to get the title wrong, but a sports authority figurehead, and that person is in charge of managing professional sports in the for state, the state, right? Okay, so that particular person, and I'm going to have to Google it up, but I can't type and talk at the same time. Uh, after the U.S. Bank Stadium was built, mm-hmm. they're given a certain amount of seats that are under their control um, for professional dealings. Okay, so if a stadium's privately owned, of course. Oh right, right. Yep. I'm going to invite these executives yep. or whatever. Well, keep in mind this is a state Funded. employment position. Oh. So somebody leaked the fact mm-hmm. that. There were congressmen, Minnesota state politicians attending games under the state's really? payment. So an entire audit was done and they started investigating. And I want to say the number was like $70,000 in food <laughs> last year. Because that's all comped as well? Yeah. So there were several politicians that actually turned around and actually state employees 
that immediately turned around when the audit got kicked off, of course not before, and paid for their tickets. But now the audit wow. is being done, and that person has now been forced to step down, if I'm not mistaken. That's crazy. So basically, it's a, you know, it's a, as a government employee, you can't take gifts. You can't, I mean, you can't be comped that kind of stuff as an employee. So, well, no, that, yeah, that's, um, um, what is that called? I, I don't know. Well, bribery? Yeah. <laughs> at I mean, some level. more, yeah, they're trying to avoid bribery, is what it is. Mm hmm. Uh, sports authority. Uh, let's see. Between two and four million dollars per halftime event. Oh, as sponsorship fees. So, Alfa Romeo, I believe, sponsored the halftime show. Ooh, which is interesting. That's an Italian sports car manufacturer. Yeah, and <laughs> so so that that's how it's paid. That makes some sense. <clears throat> How much, well, with Pepsi? Oh, no, no, no. Pe Pepsi did that. Alpha Maria was something else. Pepsi, because they, they had the big drones that turned their logo on. It was the Pepsi halftime show. Of course. Um, PepsiCo, based in uh, Purchase, New York, spent $33 million advertising its products, including Pepsi, Gatorade, and Cheetos during the Super Bowl. Oh. Now, well, 30, see, that 33 makes is a magic makes, number. That makes but, more sense to me than Alpha Romeo. Yeah, but Alpha Romeo did... Um, was theirs the like the the actual talking because Pepsi sponsored the the entertainment talking to but the I guy think, that didn't watch the game I know I'm just trying to <laughs> talking out um about 15 million of that however it says for Pepsi was for the brand alone ad time for the game costs about three million dollars for 30 seconds on average holy cow so. Let's, I did hear through the rumors, though, that kind of the undertow, the the commercials this year were not quite as spectacular as years no. past. Well, or, they they were they were trying to be political. There were some rather overtly political ads. Uh, speaking of, did, I, okay, now I watched this before the Super Bowl, but the uh, lumber eighty four. Nope. Sorry. Nope. What? Uh, what was the lumber eighty four? Oh, the Mexicans uh, running, uh, needing to get over the border. No. <laughs> <laughs> you missed that. I one. almost oh, want to watch that now. No, the Anheuser Busch, the Anheuser Busch that was, uh, and I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I saw the the commercial beforehand because it created no some kind buzz, of some controversy yep. or buzz because mm -hmm. it was about the two creators that came from overseas yes. and immigrants. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I watched that beforehand. Mm -hmm. That wasn't this like promotion of immigration. That was fight for your dream exactly yeah okay but somehow that got mm -hmm. turned into because of the, the travel ban the travel ban it was fight for your dream it was all about fight for your dream that's what it was mm -hmm. it was you know don't let go of your dream but they right. turned it into an immigration thing hmm. stupidity sorry i'm digging deeper into this halftime show situation you can tell the, pro me. the producer side of you is not going to let that go. Well, it's just, it's insane to me. Pepsi, apparently three years ago, it was reported that they paid $7 million for the rights of the halftime show this last year. So three years ago, they paid they $7 said, million dollars we want it. for 2017. I, that's what it looks like, yeah. Wow. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. 
And then, yeah, that's just... Okay, so that must mean that the sponsor... Hey, they whoever already, that is. Well, they already know who's doing the 2018 show. Ooh, who's sponsoring? Who's performing it? It looks like. Uh oh, it it's between. Oh, is this like a lottery? Yeah, uh, it looks Runoff. like right now. Taylor Swift and Justin Timberlake are in the front running. Oh, together would be fascinating. Just just don't bring Janet Jackson out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure that'll happen with, with again. Justin. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Yeah, Taylor Swift is going to wear a... Yeah, Justin and Taylor Swift, she's going to... Great idea. She's going to wear 14 <laughs> layers of clothes. Speaking of football, you remember who Michael Sam is? Very familiar. Your former Michael NFL Sam. player, yes, Michael yes, Sam, yes, yes. said he always felt like an outsider. Yep. The deaths of two older brothers, the bullying... He endured by other family members, and even his mother's religion, Jehovah's Witness, made him feel apart from his peers. But nothing made him more like an outsider than being gay in the NFL. Quote, I had to prove myself to show that I was one of the guys, said Sam, who spoke Tuesday night as part of Sexuality Month at the University of Albany. I was cut from the Rams, even though I was in the top five in sacks. Oh, I thought I said in the sack, but no, in the sacks. <laughs> I, okay, I thought it left it. I let it lie there. Oh, uh, I lost my, I lost my place. Uh, then I went to the Cowboys and had to do it all over again. And then I was cut there. I always felt like an outsider looking in. Sam assured the few hundred students who came to hear him on the, in the campus center that, quote, everything happens for a reason. The difficult childhood and NFL disappointment led him to become a motivational speaker, urging others to be true to themselves. Seriously. When I came out... Does true to themselves involve quitting, (laughs) calling it retirement? Is that what true to themselves means? He's just not very good. When I came out to the world on February 9, 2014, I got tons of emails from people telling me how they were condemned for their sexuality. It made me sad and angry. I spoke to one girl who told me that because I came out, she didn't commit suicide. I was speechless. After high school in Hitchcock, Texas, Sam, a defensive end, was recruited to play for the University of Missouri. Named an All-American and Southeastern Conference Defensive Player of the Year as a senior, he expected to be drafted in the second or third round of the, of the 14 draft, but his prospects plummeted the day after he announced he was gay. He wasn't drafted until the seventh round for the St. Louis Rams. I haven't thought about that. When I was drafted, I thought the headline would be NFL has first openly gay player, but instead it was Sam kisses boyfriend. Should I have kissed a girl? The media made it a distraction. He said it was also difficult that he, as a rookie, garnered constant media attention. I'm still baffled, he said. I thought it would be a story for two weeks and then it would go away. That is telling right there. Sam remains wary of the media. He refused interviews with the local press and stopped his talk to ask the television crews to turn off their cameras. The attention and what he believes is the sport's discomfort with homosexuality ultimately destroyed his career. After being cut from the Rams and then waived by the Cowboys, he joined the Montreal (laughs) Alouettes in the Canadian Football League. That stint didn't last either. He said he left preseason camp for personal reasons. I tried to earn their trust, make them believe I belonged, and now I speak from the heart. Doug Flutie followed a similar path, and it had nothing to do with the fact that he was gay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I'm wondering if there is something, and I 
didn't watch the guy play a lot. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe he just wasn't good enough. He's, I've got I've got comments on both. I, I mean, to me, it's like if this was if Tom Brady today came out and said, "Guess what, guys? Gay." <laughs> I'm not so sure. I mean, might be headlines. I'm pretty sure he'd still be able to play next year. He he's got some talent. It would have something to do so, with deflated balls, though. So oh, I'm sure that would end up going somewhere. Way to go! This is we <laughs> we just well, went to PG thirteen. <laughs> the thing that I find interesting is he says. When I was drafted, I th- I thought the headline would be NFL has first openly gay player. So that's the entire reason he did it all. Maybe. Oh, clearly. I don't know. I mean. But it, instead it was he kisses a boyfriend. My well, thing he is, failed. He screwed up. He shouldn't have gone that far. My thing is this. Why does it have to be announced? Just go live your life. Well, I mean. If, we, if I came out to, hey, everybody, I. I like girls. I know. I mean, it's people like, go, oh, you're an idiot. Yeah. It's because it's so abnormal and it's unnatural. There you go. But why not just, I don't know, I guess, I, just go be gay. Go, you can't, no. Go be. No, because. Just go be. The whole point of their existence, apparently, is they need approval and they need a confirmation that they're doing right because they know they're not. You know, that's interesting. I... um I was talking to a friend of my wife's the other day and uh, uh, totally different subject, but I was, I made a comment about how this particular subset of, of people spent so much time instead of validating or studying their own um, religious preference, mm-hmm. they seem to spend a lot of time trying to invalidate other people's religious preference. Mm-hmm. And it's it's frustrating. It's maddening. It's like I don't I don't care what your opinion is of what you don't believe. Tell me what you believe. So why do we spend so much time trying to validate ourselves by invalidating somebody else? Why not just be? Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm not going to agree with what you believe, what difference does that make? Does that somehow make you less secure because I don't believe in what you believe? It, it, yes. But why? Well, I... Why I, is I that? I think, I believe, this is my opinion, that when you believe, I think, when you believe in truth, it stands. I agree with that, too. But when you don't, there's doubt there, and in order for you to continue doing that, you need validation. You need someone to say, yep, good work. You're right. Yes. Go get them. Yeah. I mean, I I understand. I I get that. I guess we don't have that in other subjects. You don't see these polarizing protests over whether deep dish or thin crust is Mm -hmm. better. We're we can be perfectly fine with the fact that but, we have differing opinions but, there. But, or, that, but that's not a moral decision. Ah, uh, fair. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I think if you have the moral equivalence, yeah. it's like okay. it, it's like if you kill somebody, you need validation that that was right to do. Yeah, okay. And so you, you theoretically go to court and try to prove that that, and so you need someone saying, yep, good job, because there's a moral p- failing there. Um, I was speeding. I got caught speeding, hypothetically. Um, 
well, it's because I was late. Sorry, my wife was giving birth. Uh, my, my kids were at home alone. It's something I had. So you need that validation to prove, to help you feel better about the fact that you just did something that is wrong. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I, I guess it's just, it's just, I mean, do you not see, I know you do, but we are, as a nation, becoming so polarized. I mean, just polarized mm-hmm. in issues right now. And it's, it's getting worse. It's getting more granular. Um, it just seems like uh, the stuff that becomes important. Why? I don't know. I never mind. I just get, I get so frustrated by there's so much energy spent on, I'm going to spend so much time invalidating what you believe. Mm -hmm. And, and I have to, I will say from my perspective, I think Christians spend just as much time. Don't spend so much time trying to invalidate somebody else. Just let them live their life. And if you live your life strong enough Mm -hmm then that's what God wanted for us. Yeah. I mean, if you read the Bible, there's more energy spent in the Bible talking about why we should do what we do than there is energy in the Bible talking about what shouldn't be done. Mm -hmm. So live the way that we should live. I'm not saying agree with them. I don't agree with them. but, But why do I need to spend so much time invalidating instead of just, I'm gonna live? Yeah. Except it come there are some things that come down we have to fight for which are, you know, that change the legal fabric of the country. Right. And I get that. There are some things uh, yeah, which brings me to some of the planned parenthood protests recently. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen some of that? Which? Well, there was recently I have like the lady that claimed she was abortion positive. I don't know. <laughs> That was her selling point oh, for this Planned Parenthood. This was just recently. I think this was uh, this was like yesterday. No, I don't. Yes, there were protests yesterday because of the concept of defunding Planned Parenthood. Mm. Now, first of all, the terminology of defunding Planned Parenthood, I think, is just ridiculous. It's not about defunding Planned Parenthood. It's but not about giving them taxpayer money. It's yes, it's about no longer mm-hmm. um, subsidizing with tax dollars right. an organization. Okay? But if you say it like that, it's not scary. Right. But here, let me ask this question. Why, forget Planned Parenthood, why does any medical facility at this point mm-hmm. need a tax subsidy, need government subsidies anymore? Because every single person is required to have insurance. If you can't afford insurance, then... They find the government you. funds it for you. No, they fine you. Well, true. But <laughs> but if you legitimately can't afford insurance and you want it, then there's a subsidy mm-hmm. that they will offset your cost, right? And every single insurance policy is required to cover birth control and in many cases, early term abortion. I don't have to agree with it, mm-hmm. but it does. So if insurance covers it now and all of insurance is mandatory, then why do we need to give Planned Parenthood money on the front end for insurance and on the back end for subsidies. Because they do so much for women's health care. I don't care, though. I, let's take Planned Parenthood out of the issue. I'm but asking. that's why. But the legitimate question is, well, <laughs> why don't we do that for our clinic down the road? Because they do so much for the community. No. They don't get tax dollars. Right, but they're not Cecile Richards. 
You're just being ridiculous. Well, no, it's true. <laughs> I, I totally get your point, and you're right. But I think from a political perspective, let's stop talking about it, about being anti-abortion. Mm. How about, because I, I am not, a, I'm anti-abortion. Well, you're, just, you're, you're abortion negative. I will put that out there. I am abortion negative. <laughs> so I'll say that this has nothing to do with agreeing with or disagreeing with Planned Parenthood, birth control, none of that. This is... Why do tax subsidies need to go to the back end of any medical facility any longer? Because mm -hmm. the reason that was put in place is women couldn't afford the care that they needed, supposedly. So in order to get birth control, in order to get pap smears, in order to get mammograms, and I don't know that all of those services are done at Planned Parenthood. They're not. Which, okay. And th that's the fallacy. Okay. my they don't do. My mistake. But we'll yeah. say this. Whatever it is that they offer as a medical service, mm -hmm. those that's now required to be covered and you're required right. to get yeah. insurance. And the government, so the government is subsidizing insurance for low income women. So the insurance is subsidized and the medical facility is subsidized. But he here's where I think that your argument falls apart from that pers from their eyes is I, and I might, I may be wrong, but I think you can go into Planned Parenthood and get an abortion for zero cost. Is that true? If you want not, to terminate your pregnancy? I don't know. I've never mm. been pregnant. Oh, crap. I'm asking the wrong guy. I've okay. appeared <laughs> to be pregnant. <laughs> but, but that's, that's, a, that's because a food that, issue. That would be different in that I could go there anonymously. No one needs to know. But if I go through my health insurance, they all know what I just did. And so for, for the advocates of, well, we need to keep it safe and affordable, blah, 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 and private, well, then... Well, then what if I don't want my employer to know that I needed to have glaucoma surgery because my vision is important to my, my employer? So I don't want that to well, be... Well, you have HIPAA in place, so I guess you're safe there too. So well, that then, may not be an issue. Well, then why, yeah, wouldn't, that that, not be why wouldn't that apply for the birth yeah. control or the abortion side also? My point is just yeah. simply... Let's, but you're being rational. Right, but let's And that's take, outrageous. If, if you just take the argument and you get rid of the moral issue of the argument, I can just, just take the moral issue off the table. Why should one medical facility receive tax subsidies on the back end and not any other medical facility? Because what's being provided now is required to be provided under the Affordable Care Act. Insurance is provided as a subsidy for people that can't afford it. So now you've just dealt with the reason why Planned Parenthood is receiving subsidies to begin with. Hmm. I agree. I'm sorry for my logical rationale. I think maybe there's something wrong with, maybe legitimately I've missed an argument, but I want to take the moral thing off and let's just say, let's look at it from a fiscal perspective. It's being handled. But what you're also doing <laughs> is equating <laughs> Planned Parenthood's operation and their uh, level of skill to what we require in our health institutions. The reason I'm doing that is simply for the purposes of removing the moral argument. Mm -hmm. You and I can argue one side of the moral argument mm -hmm. and they're going to argue the moral, the other side of the moral argument, mm -hmm. remove the moral argument. And let's look at this from a fiscal perspective. But, but true. But I think that uh, another line of breakdown is, they are not held to the same standards as a hospital or a clinic is held to. 
And so they aren't the same kind of entity. Now, I would agree then, why, why would we throw money at that institution ever then? But that would make them different. Okay. And they probably don't have to carry the same kinds of liability insurance. I would assume that everything gets waived, wavered away every time with the paperwork. I, but again, I don't know Those that. Those are assumptions I don't know. I'm just, um, but there I'm was new, just... did you see the latest Project Veritas stuff? No. Uh, they're the ones that kind of infiltrate them and ask questions. Oh, okay. Um, you know, yeah, I know. O'Keefe kind of stuff. I haven't, um, I haven't seen the latest. Their latest one is probably as damning as it gets because it had nothing to do with going in and undercover trying to buy and sell baby parts like the last stuff they did. This was them. Planned Parenthood, one of the, the, the pillars they stand on is prenatal care. They swear up and down. They, they offer that. That's part, part of their game. Okay. So, Project Veritas called, I believe, Planned Parenthood in almost every state. Hi, I'm pregnant. I want, can I come in and get a sonogram to check the baby, make sure that everything's okay? Just kind of maybe check the gender. Oh, sorry, we don't do that, ma'am. We only do sonograms um, to terminate. Across the board, I think there was one or two in the country that said that that was something they could do. But everyone else, all of them, were like, no, the only reasons they use the sonogram is to determine um, when they can kill that thing. Hmm. And that is the most damning thing, I think, for them because it proves they are in the business of abortion. My, period. I, and I guess my point, my point in my argument is we, there's going, as long as this is argued from a moral perspective, it will never get resolved. Mm-hmm. Period. Because there's always going to be opposite ends of the moral perspective. But if this is managed, take the moral perspective off. That's all I want. I, that's what I'm asking. Remove the moral perspective for a moment and mm-hmm. let's make this sweeping generalization that Planned Parenthood is a medical clinic. Forget about the quality standards. I don't know what those are. Medical clinic is being subsidized on the back end with tax dollars. They're also being subsidized on the front end because they accept insurance, I think. Do they? Planned Parenthood? Yeah. I Man, I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't know. But we'll say this. So I'm staring at a sign of a protester. It says, defend women's rights, abortion rights, and reproductive justice or something like that. Kind of gets blurry because of the picture. Those are moral arguments. My question is, if we subsidized health insurance, if we already do, we subsidize health insurance for low-income people. We've now, not for low-income men. I mean, children can receive free health care in just, a, I'm pretty sure, just about every state now, if not every state, especially if you are, if you don't meet the income requirements. Mm-hmm. Anybody, man, woman, child, can get subsidized health care and or free health care if your income is too low. Birth control is required to be covered. What is birth control and related services? Would that would abortion fall into that category? Here, if, here's if I abortion is used as birth control. www.plannedparenthoodhealthinsurancefacts.org Medicaid is a health insurance program that provides free or very low-cost health coverage for low-income individuals and families. As part of the health care law, states have the option 
to provide Medicaid coverage to most individuals with incomes below $16,395. Individuals who do not qualify for Medicaid solely because their state did not expand coverage are exempt from the requirement to have health insurance. Most Planned Parenthood health centers accept Medicaid. Okay. If you sign up for Medicaid, you can come to Planned Parenthood for birth control, breast and cervical cancer screenings, and well woman visits covered for free without a copay, even if Planned Parenthood is not included as an in-network provider in your Medicaid plan. Uh, There's how they're getting paid. Additionally, some states offer Medicaid family planning only coverage in addition to regular Medicaid coverage. It is important to note that this coverage is limited to family planning services like birth control and related services. Uh, Well, here's right on... There we go. PlannedParenthood.org, their their website. If you have health insurance, that's great. Our services are covered under many policies, including many of those available through the Affordable Care Act marketplace. Wow. So the difference is what they, and they continue on to say, however, you should contact your health insurance company directly to confirm that the services you are interested in are covered and if any out-of-pocket costs you are what, if any out-of-pocket costs you're required to pay. So there's there's the, I sh- I'm sure the concept that you get health insurance, you have a deductible. Mm-hmm. I need to go have something done, mm-hmm. uh, and I've got to pay my deductible first. Yeah. So, but that's, so my point, again, take the moral compass off the board for a minute. And why not... We're subsidizing health insurance. Health insurance covers issues. Mm -hmm. The large majority of these now are required to be covered. Mm -hmm. Why are we subsidizing a medical facility also? Right. That's my question. Take the moral thing off. Because if we fight moral, we're never going to resolve it. I guess what I'd like to know, and I don't know this right, right off the top of my head, I'd like to know if that money that Congress supposedly allots to Planned Parenthood, is that actually just cash they're throwing at them? Or is it the, are they saying that people use Medicaid and that, that they take Medicaid? No, so they receive money. They receive, so there's straight it's, up cash it's also a line on item. top of it, that? Yes, it is a line item in their organization and they are a for-profit company. Eh, wait, let me, Don't before, they have a Form 990? Hold on. Are they not a... Hold on, wait. I'm sorry, What? What? I may be oh, wrong. There. Bam, wow, lighten up. Holy cow. You don't have to be so angry when you type. Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my 1890 keyboard. Check this. Check, 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 From the mainframe. I uh, dug this out of the, that out was, of the archive. That was Neo on the Matrix over <laughs> right, there. Yes. Uh, let's see, Planned Parenthood. Uh, what oh. was, I forgot what I was looking Blind for. Blind item money. Like how they uh, get it. What's it oh. for? How they get it. Let's see. Uh, because I went to PlannedParenthood.org, uh, learn about abortion was a button I could push. Or thinking of abortion. And this is interesting. This states, abortions are very common. In fact, three out of ten women in, U- in the U.S. have an abortion by the time they're 45. You think that's true? Repeat that statistic. Three out of ten women in the U.S. have an abortion by the time they're 45. I would 30% say... 30% 
of would, all women. I, I bet that's not far off. Wow. A. B, it also depends on how they're counting well, that. Are they counting right. it per woman? Or does one woman having two count against that? Hmm. Depends on how they roll the statistic. But I'll tell you, at one-third, I, I would say that's probably not as far off as you think it is. Especially when you take a look at the definitions of abortion, you've got really well. I mean, well, you've the, got they, your, they say there are two kinds of abortion in the U.S. in clinic like and the abortion pill. So it's possible that they sure. are that they're also counting everyone that gets a morning after pill, which I, I'm quite gonna, likely, yeah, does does nothing potentially, but it has every opportunity. The intention, to, yeah. right? The uh, I, I'm going to clarify mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood. Legally, is a nonprofit. However, what I was recalling is the stories of late, late years, recent years, where they have large sums of additional money at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, you're not supposed to. Technically, do that, not you? profit. So, as an example, do they then give it away? In, uh, I'm not sure what they do with that, but just as an example, they had uh, 300 million dollars of, and this says quote-unquote profit, but it's not profit. So they probably put it into research or bonuses or who knows. I don't know what they do with that. But so $300 million of in their line item budget of uh, above and beyond expenses, but they received $500 million from the government. Holy cow. Well, what's their annual operating budget? Of course, I'm digging around deeper in here because I'm fascinated. Um, sex orientation and gender. Each of us has a biological sex, whether we are female, male, or intersex. Our gender is our social and legal status as men or women. And sexual orientation is the term used to describe whether a person feels sexual desire for people of the other gender, the same gender, or both. Each of us has a gender or and gender identity. Our gender identity is our deepest feelings about our gender. We express our gender identity in the way that we act. Masculine, feminine, neither, or both. <laughs> How do you act both? Is that bi? I don't know. You but, got me. But how can you act masculine and feminine? <laughs> Let's ask Michael Sam. <laughs> It didn't no, no, work no, out that's for not him. fair. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us are transgender, which means that our biological sex that a butch and woman? our gender identity do not match up. Each of us also has a sexual orientation. You may be bisexual, gay, lesbian, or straight, or you may be questioning, unsure about your sexual orientation. LGBTQIAAP. I'm barely listening to anything you're saying. The more you understand biological sex, gender, gender identity, and sexual orientation, the more you may understand yourself and how you relate to other people. Because sex and gender are so complex, you may have many questions. You may wonder about your own sexual orientation or gender identity, or you may wonder about someone you know. You may have questions about how society views sex and gender, including homophobia, sexism, and transphobia. 
We hope these pages give you the facts and tools you need to better understand sexual orientation and gender. If you have more questions or concerns, we can help. Planned Parenthood provides high-quality, sensitive, and appropriate reproductive health, general health, and sexual health services to all of our lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, quote, LGBT patients. So I have an, I have an answer to your question. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so barely listening to that. Okay. Yes. So their 2015... 990? Sorry. I'm not looking oh, at budget, their... Yeah. I'm just looking at their their pretty annual mm. report that they send out. Well, looks so good, yeah. approximately 1.3 billion operating budget. B, B, B billion? With a B. Yeah, with a B. Okay, so $500 million they get from the Gov. But you ready for this? This is interesting. So their 2014-15 year, so which would be their 2015 fiscal year, I believe is how they've got this listed. Mm-hmm. They received $553.7 million in government grants and reimbursements. $553.7 million. Mm-hmm. $309 million in non-government health services revenue. Insurance payments. That's different. That's an insurance payment. So, that, or so now we're over comes, $800 million. Somebody comes in and pays cash. That's in that 300 some million? That's what that three, that's non-government payments. Then they get private donations of $200 million, 218. All they can do is call up George Soros and say, hi, we're not getting $500 million okay. again. And wouldn't he just shell it out? I'm sure. But here's what's fascinating in the exact same report. Up at the very top of this report, they brag. <laughs> of course they do. Ready? Mm-hmm. 55 million women now have no copay birth control thanks to the Affordable Care Act, saving women $1.4 billion. So they're bragging about the fact that women have insurance to now cover what they provide. Don't look so confused. I feel like I'm taking crazy. I I, I was looking for it. I didn't see it there. It wasn't built into this sheet. Wow. Huh. So anyway... Yeah, that whole thing to me, I don't understand it really from this perspective. Their budget hasn't gone down Mm -hmm. since the ACA. Mm -hmm. I did look into that. So their budget hasn't gone down. The ACA, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, call it what you want, is subsidizing people's insurance so they can afford it Mm -hmm. and still continuing to subsidize a medical facility. Yeah, that's insane. So remove. That's what I'm saying. Let's oh, absolutely! Stop. Politicians yeah. need yeah. to stop arguing the moral code and start dealing with fiscally. Mm-hmm. We handled this with the Affordable Care Act. You can't get money from both directions, but apparently you can. Mm. Interesting. This is the David Allen Show, special edition. Less David. The <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> self versus self.
This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. In 2013 interview with Philanthropy, Philanthropy Magazine, uh, Betsy DeVos, who has invested in private and charter schools and is an advocate for their expansion, said homeschooling was, quote, another perfectly valid educational option. She continued, quote, we've seen more and more people opt for homeschooling, including in urban areas. What you're seeing is parents are fed up with their lack of power to do anything about where their kids are assigned to go to school. To the extent that homeschooling puts parents back in charge of their kids' education, more power to them. DeVos emphasizes, uh, emphasis on school choice is a natural fit for the homeschool movement, whose members span the political spectrum but are largely conservative Christians who resist government oversight. That group has helped fuel remarkable growth in recent years, carrying the movement from the fringe and closer to the mainstream. That interesting because headline February 9, 2017, DeVos backlash sees parents threatening to homeschool kids. This from NBC News. Among the initial opposition to Betsy DeVos confirmation this week as Education Secretary were calls on social media by parents, including liberals, if you can believe it, to start homeschooling their children. That reaction to DeVos, a billionaire school choice advocate who has never worked, attended, or sent her kids to a public school, reflects how polarizing her nomination was. It also comes layered with paradox. That's because DeVos, whom the Senate confirmed Tuesday to head the Education Department, in a 50-50 tie, by the way, with the vice president casting the winning vote. Kind of fun. Is herself a big proponent of homeschooling. What do you think? <clears throat> so let's... Here's something that I absolutely find fascinating about this administration. They're not entrenched politicians in the system. Well, so, they don't know how to do it then. Well, I think that there is some minor... Um, I think that argument has some minor uh, relativity. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about knowing the system and working in the system. However, I, I think that I would rather have a, as many people as possible that haven't been in the system... <laughs> Because the system clearly hasn't been working very well. Well, that's a very good point. Okay, so, but I do find it fascinating that we've got a president that doesn't need a political career. If he did something so egregiously illegal tomorrow that he was impeached and removed from office, he would go back to being a multi-gajillionaire running his businesses mm -hmm. and would not need to write a book. So I love that fact. He doesn't need his political career. All right, so let's say that. The fact that Betsy DeVos has never been involved excuse me, not involved, has never attended, <laughs> nor did she send her kids to public school, I don't think is necessarily the point. Or have to get a government loan for school. <laughs> that was a big contentious problem. Yeah. Uh, what? You've never had to had to use the, the Pell Grant system? You've never had to use finan FICA, whatever, financial? I would, I would, yeah, FICA. You've never had to do that before? I would love uh. to see how many politicians <laughs> None of them. did not need to use... Right. A Pell Grant. So um, I probably didn't qualify. I'm sure Trump did not qualify for a Pell Grant. No, no, no. That's the other thing. He's a, like a graduate of some of the most prestigious schools in the country. So Privately was, so paid was for. Bush. Was Barry? Was Columbia, does that count? Harvard, does that count? 
I don't know. Well, Harvard. Harvard does. Harvard yeah, should count. That's Ivy League. <laughs> because there's ivy growing somewhere. <laughs> is that what it is? We've yeah, got ivy on our campus. We're good. So I've got some, I've, see, I've got some good thoughts on, uh, I did some research on this DeVos character mm-hmm. um, because, uh, you know, my wife got a little bit up in arms over the fact that she wouldn't answer some questions mm-hmm. during her um, her confirmation, confirmation right? So, you know, my wife was a little upset by that, and she thought, wow, oh, she's dodging the question. And, uh, like, I don't – she didn't have a stance one way or the other on the person. She's just, like, she dodged the question. So I went and I watched some of these videos. Did you watch any of her confirmation oh, yeah. hearing mm-hmm. videos? All right, so there was one – I actually per- prefer to just have those running when they go, like, on C-SPAN. As I work, it's fascinating just to see the level of stupidity and almost exclusively it is one side of the aisle who hates the person and it's always the other side of the president. They excoriate her or him. And then on the right side or whatever side the president's on who nominated, they praise them and just bash the the other side of the aisle. Yeah. It's a a dog and pony show. So you leave that on like live streaming? Yeah. yeah. C-SPAN.org. Mom's basement? No, I mean, at my that, job. That, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the luxury of having... Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the, ...being able to do that. So what I found fascinating, though, is that the question that everybody... Not everybody. The question that the her opponents freaked out about that she wouldn't answer is the idea that the senator wanted her to answer the question, do you believe that every school that receives federal funding should be held to the exact same accountability standard of the um, Educational Disabilities Act. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't say yes to that. Mm-hmm. And I understand why she wouldn't say yes. It doesn't make sense that you would... I mean, if you have... She's a big proponent of charter schools. I think charter schools are great if you can pull them off. Char- you can have a charter school that is that specializes in brainiac math kids that are going to be our next generation rocket scientists. Well... The educational disabilities, I, I can't remember the right acronym, but basically would say if you receive federal funding and they are held equally accountable to a public school, then a kid that can't function in math should get an IEP so that he can attend the rocket science school and not have to pass math because it's his disability. Well, no, that school shouldn't be held to the same standard. Right. If you have a kid that's in a wheelchair that can do all of the classes in the charter school, then, Mm -hmm. yeah, you darn well better have a wheelchair ramp. But should you have to accept a child that needs an IEP in math? No, Mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense. That's not discrimination. That's just common sense. Right. But she's not going to answer the question, yes, I think they should. that's, That's where her point is. Her point is that she believes there should be charter schools that can specialize if the state wants them to specialize. What's wrong with that? Nothing. But that all. But what it does is it removes the oversight from the federal government, which I'm a huge proponent of. I I, I don't like the the machine controlling um, the states. I think the states should be able to tailor that. At, at, at their layer, layers and levels. But I think you even have to be careful at the state level. Oh, I totally, I mean, yeah. Minnesota, it was the, uh, they were kind of the original, like, pioneers of charter schools. Mm-hmm. 
their charter schools kind of were birthed out of Minnesota and they were the model of charter schools to actually, excuse me, to actually launch. Mm -hmm. But that was at the state level. Right. Well, and one of the, my, my perspective on this, this pick for education secretary, because somebody that runs an organization needs to know how to manage people primarily and have some ideas of where you should go. They don't necessarily need to know how the machine runs and how, or how to operate the machine that they're overseeing because mm-hmm. they're not overseeing the operation of the machine and the mechanics of it. Oh, that, They're overseeing the people. That argument is stupid. I mean, how many politicians who are supposed to represent the people <laughs> actually have ever held a regular job mm-hmm. in a factory right. or, or run a business and had to deal with a small business loan. Mm-hmm. So by that, parti- that's just a dumb argument that I don't even. Well, but but I they all did. Like Elizabeth it. Warren just r- tried to rip her apart because. Yeah. Oh, have you ever managed a billion dollar bank before? Yeah. Have you? Do you have? Do you have any experience um, running a billion dollar loan program? Oh no. Okay. So no experience. Check. Have you ever um, had to take public funding for school? Oh no. Okay. No. Check. What? She's an Ayrton. I think it's hilarious. There's news out now that Trump, in a meeting with uh, top level senators, I think, um, was just tearing her apart because the stupidness she did with Sessions. And kept referring to her as Pocahontas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happened during the campaign. Though, oh yeah. Didn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh Vox, you know Vox. Vox.com. Yeah. Anyway, it's a kind of a rag. They're kind of a left rag. Anyway, um Mark Bauerlein, B A U E R L E I N, uh had a piece on the 7th of February that is interesting. The headline, the job of the education secretary isn't to defend public schools, it's to help kids learn. Betsy DeVos doesn't support public schools. She didn't attend them as a student, and she has never worked in the system. Wealthy and religious, she has no experience with financial aid or Pell Grants, student loans, or special education. Her passion is to help parents find alternatives to traditional paths through charter schools and vouchers. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So by that definition, the person that has that position should have gone through special education. Well, that, I mean, but his point is, she's never done that. Um... Uh, as, has there as, ever as, been? Has there ever been in the history of that position someone that used everything they, that they offer? used all the special education <laughs> features it. of a school system and got to that position? I doubt it. That is just a stupid argument. Right. Well, no. He, but the, the, exactly. He says, as Senator Susan Collins, Republican, stated in her decision against DeVos, the primary duty of the Secretary of Education is quote to strengthen our public schools, but everything in DeVos's background makes her a poor advocate for them. Her, quote, lack of experience disqualifies her for the job, period. That's the argument, period. Next paragraph. But when we cast a cold look at the performance of schools in recent years, it's hard not to count the very vices alleged by her detractors as the opposite, as virtues solely needed at the present. Last year, at a public school in Southern California, my niece's 12th grade teacher led the students to a football field one afternoon for a little exercise in social awareness. She lined them up side by side and then pronounced a series of directions. According to their life situation, the students took one step forward or backward. The directions included the following. One, if you come from a single parent household, take one step back. 
If one or both of your parents have a college degree, take one step forward. If you can show affection for your romantic partner in public without fear of ridicule or violence, take one step forward. If you constantly feel unsafe walking alone at night, take one step back. It's called the privilege walk, and it's not an uncommon activity in high schools and college. You can see a version of it here. There's a link in the, in the article. The purpose is to highlight disadvantages some have in life through no fault of their own. When my niece talked about it, she rolled her eyes, be, not because she denies inequities in the world, but because the whole setup was so stagey and manipulative and solemn. I had a different reaction. Why spend precious class time on a non-academic social consciousness exercise with the academic results of public schooling in America when they are so poor? The Obama administration boasted an improving graduation rates. Yes, but you, you can do that by lowering the bar. That is lowering cut scores for graduation <laughs> exams and inflating grades. But that won't help students if they haven't learned more math, more history, more science and literature. Consider the trend. Since 2005, SAT reading scores have dropped by 14 points. A, written, a writing component was added in the 2006 SAT. The scores have dropped every year since, that, since then, except for two years when they were flat. Math scores in 2015 were the lowest in 20 years. The expanding pool of test takers, a common explanation for the slide, doesn't fully account for it. On the ACT's measure of, quote, college readiness in math, English, reading, and science, slightly more than one-third of test takers met the benchmark in three subjects, while another one-third did not meet any of the benchmarks. That means that one-third of high school seniors who aim to go to college are unli unlikely to earn a B in any of those subjects. So let's a, keep it going. Yeah, I watched, I watched a commercial the other day. I was... Uh, I was looking up a music video. My daughter wanted me to check out the lyrics of this song and that weird parent that her <laughs> that actually cares that actually pays attention to the lyrics and they're, you know, anyway. Um, and uh, usually, you know, you go on YouTube, you get the advertisement three seconds later, you can skip it. Well, mm -hmm. I decided to keep watching this one because I was trying to figure out where it was going. And, and it was this lady who gets hired as the new social media director for it appeared to be a fairly large office company <coughs> and uh, she gets introduced and there's probably 60, 70 people in the office and she's sitting at her desk and all of a sudden she has to start typing inputs into social media because there was a problem with this company's website and she's trying to manage the damage on mm -hmm. social media, right? Yeah. Well, all she's typing and her computer is correcting her grammar for her correcting spelling etc and it was a commercial for a website called grammarly ah yes and it so it allows to know what to do it allows you to mistype as much as you want and it corrects your grammar Excellent. and your spelling for you now this was a grown woman <laughs> in a business environment having had graduated college sitting there and it was an advertisement for a grammar website to check your grammar for you. Wow. So that, I mean, that, <laughs> that's where we're going. That's nuts. Uh, this article on Betsy wraps up. Um, Traditional public schools are the main mechanism for educating young people. 
but we now have alternative models. Some of them are weak, but many of them are great successes with long waiting lists. Instead of focusing on public schools as the singular obligation of the secretary, let's add to the list the kids at Harlem Success Academy, the youths who have profited from the voucher-based DC Opportunity Scholarship Program, homeschoolers who are increasingly favored by selective colleges, and teenagers who stayed in school because of the flexibility of Florida virtual school. These alternatives to traditional public school should, of course, be held to the same standards. Indeed, one of the advantages of charter and for-profit schools has been that the failing ones don't survive very long. The system weeds them out. The Secretary of Education should support this quality control and be just as vigilant in monitoring progress with them as he is with the public schools. Indeed, as the alternative schooling movement spreads, one can imagine it attempting the same kind of capture that every other large industry aims for it for for in its relations with the federal government. If done with integrity, however, this diversification of primary and secondary education is clearly a threat to the privileged status of public schools. In objecting to Betsy DeVos on the grounds that she is insufficiently committed to the public schools above all other deliveries of education, her opponents are maintaining a narrow and disappointing status quo, whether they realize it or not. See, you look at the, if you really boiled this down, what, if you strip all of the politics away from it as much as you can, what Betsy DeVos essentially says, we should have a single, a single federal standard of what kids should be able to accomplish as they graduate. <coughs> These are the education standards. Mm -hmm. How you get there, be creative. Yeah. One of the things that she did in Michigan was she created this, I don't remember what it, what it was actually called, but essentially she said, your zip code shouldn't dictate where you go to school. So if you want to go to a different school, mm -hmm. then open enroll and go to a different school. And it, the, only, the only caveat is you have to get there. Is that right? Right, yeah. Okay. You've got to get, get yourself no. there. But let's say you, for whatever circumstance, you live on this side of the street and on that side of the street is a school district that you don't feel, for whatever reason, I, it, I don't want to get into the reasons, but for whatever reason you feel that that's not the right place for your kid. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of the street, is there's a different school district that you think caters to your kid mm -hmm. differently. For whatever, it doesn't matter why. Why does the zip code have to make a difference? Right. Where the money. zip code, yeah, money makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely, money makes a difference. But when you start talking about federal money that comes to the school and state money that comes to the school, mm -hmm. those schools, they get the same amount of money per student. I don't, I don't, you know, I, I have a coworker who has a gifted son and I, I can't remember what grade he's in. I think he's in fifth grade and he was at a local school and wasn't really getting in trouble, but constantly just bored, hated school, didn't like it. And it, well, they made the decision. They actually, I don't remember if they bought or rented, but anyway, they moved. So his wife moved 150 miles away into the city so that the kid could go to another public school. So they didn't take him out of the public school system going to another public school that happens to have a gifted program in math. Hmm. Why is that so bad? It just is. 
but it's isn't it fascinating? So you've got somebody that says, but it doesn't this encourage is diversity. The, this is the standard. Well, see, I would disagree <laughs> with that. I would say it encourages diversity because if you if you set a standard, mm-hmm. you say this is the standard. How you get there, be creative. Or this is the standard, and we're going to tell you step by step how to get there. But how do you do that in an area, say an urban, rather urban area? where you have a, a density of poor. And so they end up going to one particular school, but the wealthy have the options to drive. They have the ability and the means to drive out to the suburb school that is better, better teachers, better environment, have more things to offer. How, and I know this is always a, a, one of their arguments, but how do you, how do you maintain a, a consistent level of outcome uh, I don't think you're going to get a consistent level of outcome. That just happens. I mean, okay, so then, you're not going to get a consistent level not, of outcome. Should we care less about the outcome? No. I don't think you care less about the outcome, but I think if we're going to... If, if the goal is to create everybody the same as the outcome, mm-hmm. then the entire system has to be standardized and paid for by a bunch of across robots the, right across the board and mandated and everything not, which means your elites mm-hmm. no longer become elites <laughs> can't have that well you can't have it both ways mm-hmm. yeah. if you if you want standardization of outcome across the board then you're going to have standard of outcome across the board mm-hmm. and the elites have to come down it's that simple i mean we i mean we're both attended the same church service today and we listened to somebody give a story about a a young man at 12 years old whose mother died because of pneumonia because they were a poor family mm-hmm. the father was an alcoholic and that 12 year old ended up being raised to be this tremendously influential person in the religious world that now has multi-generational kids, grandkids, I'm not sure if great-grandkids yet, but kids and grandkids, and it's because he wasn't given anything different. Mm-hmm. He was just resilient, and he decided to not use his circumstances as an excuse. Nobody gave that to him. I mean, we can, I would say God gave that to him, but... But there wasn't, nobody bust him to a special school. He just decided, I'm not going to let my circumstances. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look at Colin Powell, same scenario. I mean, we've got. So then do we have to change the mindset of our culture that says it's all right when people, if people fail at, at this game? People are going to. Well, can't. Right. But we've gotten to this point where it's not okay. It's not acceptable to fail. And so. Rather than doing everything we can to bring them up, we've done this and lowered the bar. So those people that were failing are now passing for some reason. They're not, it's not helping them. Right. But it's making the system feel better. Mm-hmm. It, do you think that it, it's a change of mindset that we have to do? Well, we're, we're taking people's excuses away, but instead of saying, you don't get to use your excuse as a way out. We're saying we're going to take the excuse away so that you don't fail. Mm. So, yeah, no, it's not. I mean, that's like if if you see a bird struggling to get out of its shell, if you open the shell to make it easier, you're not doing the bird any favors. 
you will actually right, kill, just kill it. Exactly. You'll kill the yeah. bird, right? Or if a butterfly is trying to get out of its cocoon and you open the cocoon for it, you could say, I'm making it easier, but you end up killing it. Because that struggle is what it needs to actually live. Correct. But we can't do that in our current society because we've conditioned, we've conditioned ourselves to have this thing that failure is unacceptable. Right, but it's, it's become failure is unacceptable at the expense of not succeeding. <laughs> good. That's a good one. Yeah. Because there's been a group of people forever mm-hmm. that believed failure is unacceptable, but they just compensated to not fail. But what we've done is we are, we're saying failure is not an option, so there is no success. Hmm. So there. One in 10 graduates accumulate more than $40,000 uh, in, in college debt. That's outrageous. Well, and what's the, is it one and, in, one in five graduates does not work in their given Ugh. field? Well, when you have like so that. many fields that do nothing. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm a proponent of almost a tech school more than anything. I, Did you go into the thing you're... Tech schools, vocation, mm-hmm. you know, vocational yeah. schools, absolutely. Yeah. Things that actually get you a trade and you get into it. But, I mean, I, I didn't go to college. I learned everything I know Ain't nobody hands-on. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> I didn't have money or nothing for it, I know. <laughs> but because of it, I don't have 40 grand in debt. Yeah. I, I from, mean, from I, that. I mean, I just it's not there, which I, I'm so grateful for. Now, I, I, and I yeah. wouldn't be here. I didn't finish my degree. Quitter. Not my four year anyway, yeah. you know, I got a two year, but I didn't, I mean, I didn't, I went, I was supposed to go to, I was, I had, I was supposed to go to political science school. I was, I had, I was asked to actually attend, uh, George Fox. Oh man. And, uh, I mean, you it's, should've. I didn't no, because I was, gonna, I, I had intentions to become an attorney and, uh, I job shot an attorney and he said, if you want a family, don't be an attorney. <laughs> wow. Well, that was my senior year in high school, so I had no there idea what I wanted to do. Now, all of my friends were going to go to college, and I thought, I'd, I couldn't afford college. I was mm-hmm. going to be taking student loans out. I was like, forget it. So I went in the military, did that for eight years. I got a two-year degree, and I don't even work in that degree. So, In, two, in 2013, the U.S. Uh, students have a combined total of $1.2 trillion in college debt. That's crazy. Isn't that how much the government brings in every year in tax revenue that could be about a trillion dollars why don't we just one year not pay all of our bills and pay off all the student loans good idea is that good (laughs) (laughs) and on that note yeah nice (laughs) time to end (laughs) this is the david allen show um this is a a little abbreviated show uh because we're on a sunday today um i thought it would be interesting to wrap up the show (laughs) uh i i am I like watching the uh, press conferences with this press secretary, John Spicer. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) I don't typically enjoy most SNL stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I heard about this. Melissa McCarthy plays him as uh, uh, spokeshole for the Prez, Prez Trump. Spokeshole. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) it's hilarious. So... 
Um, we're I gonna, haven't heard this, we're gonna, but I've heard of it. <laughs> we're so going to close this out uh, on this note, but um, I appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week again, uh, and maybe, you never know, David might be here. Uh, but this is the David Allen Show. Uh, thanks, Jay, for coming in. Absolutely. Thanks I appreciate for it. Uh, fill it. Filling the seat. I could never fill the seat. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> All right. This from Saturday Night Live. We now go live to the Daily White House press briefing with Press Secretary Sean Spicer. president intends to do now that the appeals court denied your request to stop the travel ban <sighs> you're testing me big guy uh, look it's simple if the appeals court won't do what's right president trump will see them in court specifically the people's courts that isn't real no, that isn't real me glenn next question this turkey uh the president has said there should be a test to see if immigrants truly love america what would that test even be uh it's easy it's extreme vetting extreme vetting uh, but what does that mean extreme vetting what does it mean it means it's extreme okay you know what spicy's gonna explain it so you dumb babies can understand it. So I guess I can't use my big words. I'm going to have to use my dollies. All right, you ready for dollies? You can understand what's going on. Here's how it's going to go down. You've got your TSA agent right here, okay? And first you got Barbie coming in. 
Nice American girl, back from a dream vacation. We know she's okay because she's blonde. So she gets in. Easy, we understand that, perfect. Now who's up next? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, it's Moana. And then we're gonna pat her down, and then we're gonna read her emails, and if we don't like the answers, which we won't, boom, Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> All right, let's go. Next question. Yes. Yes, earlier this week you said there was a terrorist attack in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I said that wrong when I said it, and then you wrote it, which makes you wrong. Because when I say something wrong, you guys should know what it is I'm meaning. Wrong or right, you're wrong. And that's why you're here. Obviously, I meant Orlanta. Orlando. Okay? Look, the problem is all these terrorist instances and incidents that you're not reporting on. Okay, I have a whole list here of acts that you guys never even write about. Never covered them once. Let's read from the list. Okay, the Bowling Green Massacre. Okay, not the Kellyanne one, the real one. Okay, the Horror at Six Flags. The Slaughter at Fraggle Rock. The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. And then there was some light terrorism this week when Nordstrom's decided to stop selling Ivanka Trump's line of clothing and accessories. Okay, and that's Nordstrom's loss because these are high, high quality products. In fact, I'm wearing one of her bangles right now. It's beautiful, it's shimmery, it's elegant, and at $39.99, it's unbelievably affordable. Attorney General, and everyone is very excited about him, and he's going to answer some questions as well as here we go. Yeah, Jeff Sessions! Thank you so much. Thank you, Mrs. Sponsor. Uh, thank you so much. I do want to say I appreciate uh, the uh, fiesta base around my nomination. Uh, Elizabeth Warren came at me like a porcupine. Uh, but then my friend Mitch McConnell swooped in like an alligator, bite her head off. The uh, whole thing felt like a nature special. Uh, so we all know there are two kinds of crime, regular and black. who's going to bring back law and order because places like Chicago, the murder rate is over 80%. 80% of the people in Chicago have been murdered and are dead. And that's Yun Yu. You did that. Yeah, okay. You know what? I'm looking at the real numbers here and they directly contradict everything that you did.
Yeah, uh, just mentally, though. Are you okay? Are you kidding me? Are you okay? Oh! <laughs>